Welcome to episode two of Life After Baby. Self-care can be five minutes out of your day. It can literally be 10 deep breaths with your eyes closed just to relax your body a little bit, or it can be a weekend away. Hey mamas, you're listening to the Life After Baby podcast. I'm Kate. And I'm Andy, and together we're Yoga Mamas. This podcast is your go-to for all things yoga, meditation, and wellness, where we chat to influential and inspirational women who have dedicated their life's work to helping mamas and those-to-be live in flow. These are women we have connected with throughout our journey, and now we want you to be able to connect with them too, learning from their shared stories about how we as mothers can use the tools of yoga to create stillness amidst the chaos of mum life. Our guest today is Christy Rodriguez, who is a certified holistic health coach and registered yoga teacher specializing in pre and postpartum wellness, support and empowerment. With her accumulated years of experience in education and health, she brings extensive knowledge, personal experience and deep compassion to her students. We first met Christy via Instagram as the founder of Pure Nurture, which she established after working with women in various stages of pregnancy and after becoming a mama herself. Inspired by her own experience and the experience of the Motherhood Collective, Christy creates learning and teaching environments that meet her students where they are, whether they are trying to conceive in their second or third trimester or attempting the delicate balancing act of infant and self-care. Through classes, workshops, and her latest book, she inspires women to nurture and nourish themselves through their pregnancy so they can lead happy, healthy, and empowered lives. Today, I talked to Christy about the importance of adopting a holistic approach to motherhood, the benefits of creating a gratitude practice, and why, as mums, self-care should be a non-negotiable. It was an absolute joy to interview Christy, and even though she is based on the other side of the world, our shared mother experiences know no boundaries. So pop your headphones in, mamas. You're really going to love this. I'm Kate, and this is Life After Baby. Hi, Christy. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And this is so exciting because we've been trying to connect um, voice to voice for quite a while, haven't we? Because you're based on the other side of the world in the US in DC with your two girls, your husband and your fur babies. (laughs) Can you share with us a little bit about your story as a mum and your passion for sharing yoga and wellness with other mums? Sure. So I, yoga has been in my life for about 15 years and I can't believe it's been that long. It just seems crazy, but I found yoga, um, after, after being a dancer for several years. So since I was nine years old, I was dancing and then I found yoga and I just fell in love immediately with the practice. And I, um, when I got pregnant with my first daughter, when I was about five months pregnant, I found prenatal yoga and I loved that even more. I just loved being around the other moms and and just having that supportive place to go during my pregnancy. And so I practiced prenatal yoga with both of my pregnancies and I eventually decided to start teaching prenatal yoga because I loved it so much. And I just wanted to share that with other moms to be. Mm -hmm. So I went 
back and got um, certified and, and ended up teaching. And I've been teaching for a couple of years now, prenatal yoga. Amazing. It's so powerful, isn't it, during pregnancy? It just, it offers such a deeper level of connection with baby. Did you find that with both of your pregnancies? Yes, I did, definitely. I, um, I was practicing uh, heated power vinyasa yoga for years. And I was around um, all of my friends that started getting pregnant before I did. And they would, I have um, two friends in particular that practiced yoga um, power heated power vinyasa yoga up until their 38th, 39th week of pregnancy. Wow. And yeah. And I, at the time I, you know, I, I hadn't been pregnant yet and I thought that was so impressive. And so I thought that was a goal of mine. I thought I want to be able to do that too. That's amazing. My yoga teacher was pregnant and doing headstands and I was like, wow. I mean, it just, it impressed me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, when it, then when it was my time and I got pregnant, Um, I had gone for, I couldn't go for the first three months of pregnancy because I was just too nauseated. Mm -hmm. And I finally started going back my fourth month. And so fourth and fifth month, I was doing heated vinyasa and I did not feel well. Mm -hmm. I was Eve. I felt more anxious than when I went and my brain, my ego, my mind was telling me, you can do this. You have, you know, that your friends did this. This is so good for you. You know that you can keep doing this. But my body was telling me not to. Mm-hmm. And um, I finally listened to my body. And in about my fifth month of pregnancy, I learned of prenatal yoga. And so that's when I went to my first prenatal class. And I just, I loved not only the slower pace, but also being surrounded by other pregnant women and having that community. Mm. And biggest thing I loved about prenatal yoga was the connection with my baby, you know, and the teachers offering that time to connect with your baby. Mm. Whereas the vinyasa classes, I was the only pregnant one in there. And the teacher rarely even acknowledged me to the fact that I was pregnant. You know, mm. I would tell them ahead of time so that they knew, but then that would, they wouldn't, you know, they wouldn't even mention that or bring it up the rest of the class. And mm. so to have someone giving me the opportunity to connect with my baby and practice, you know, feeling like I was practicing with my baby and welcoming my baby into the practice was amazing. And I loved that. Yeah, absolutely. I can completely resonate with that. How has your practice changed since becoming a mom? So obviously you mentioned that you had a really strong vinyasa power practice and it was heated. And then you obviously practiced prenatal yoga during both of your pregnancies. How did your yoga practice evolve then when you actually went into the postpartum period and then into motherhood? Um, it changed in a few ways. The, the first way is, is just physically. I physically, to this day, my youngest is three. Um, to this day, I'm not able to do some of the physical, more challenging postures that I used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I've come to this place now where I accept that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, you know, I'm not pushing myself like I had been. Um, to try to get back into my real pose. And, you know, there are these certain poses that I just can't do because of pregnancy and breastfeeding and just holding my babies. My shoulders are tighter. My neck is tighter. My back is tighter. And so now I find that I really enjoy a more gentle um, yoga class. 
I love yin yoga. Um, I, my favorite class is a, is a combination of gentle yoga and yoga nidra. Yeah. And so I find that my body really, um, it feels really good to do some gentle stretching and, and rather than, you know, a more vigorous practice. And I still go back to the, to the heated vinyasa classes once in a while. And I do, I still do enjoy them very much, mm -hmm. but I find that when I leave the class, a more relaxed or gentle class, um, I just feel better overall. And I think that that's also because now being a mom and, you know, and then also writing my book and, and trying, you know, creating this business, life is very hectic. Mm. And so to have a time of an hour or 75 minutes to go where I can slow down and be with my breath and let my thoughts kind of fade away a little bit into the background and come into a more mindful space. It's, it just relaxed my nervous system, you know, whereas, um, a more vigorous class feels good to get the energy out and get the energy moving. But since I'm moving so much and, and things are just so busy right now, I'm really, loving the, the more gentle classes mm, yeah we're the same both angie and i had really strong practices before babies and post babies definitely agree we enjoy a much more relaxed restorative style of practice and i think that's a combination of a few things it's one being more in tune with what our bodies need being being mums and having gone through pregnancy i think it develops a deeper level of awareness of what you need in on any given moment and also um you know we have little ones and so we're tired so like you say and things are hectic and busy and it's really nice to be able to hit the mat in a much more restorative way so you have a business called Pure Nurture and similar to us here at Yoga Mamas, you too have a holistic approach to pregnancy, postpartum and motherhood. Why do you think it's so important that we approach it like this? I think the biggest reason is because we're, we're complex. Our bodies, everything about us is complex and it's all interrelated. So... And, and more so when we're pregnant, because whatever is happening for our bodies, minds, mentally, emotionally, when we're pregnant, that's affecting our babies as well. So when I think of health, I think of it from a holistic approach because I realize that, you know, what I eat is not only affecting me, but now it's affecting my baby as a pregnant woman. And not only is it affecting us physically, you know, and, and but it's also affecting us um, mentally or emotionally, you know, mm -hmm. different things can affect us in different ways. And so I think it's really important for moms to think about, you know, all of the aspects of their life, whether it's from a nutritional standpoint, all the way to what you're watching on TV and how if you're watching, you know, a, a, a show that is, you know, um, upsetting or scary or even watching the news sometimes mm. noticing how that affects us and, and and if it's making us feel a little anxious and you know versus watching a funny movie or something uplifting yes. and so I approach health from all aspects mental physical and emotional and then looking at it from you know nutrition and then moving our bodies the physical aspect the yoga and just like what we were just talking about with 
the different styles of yoga, a more vigorous practice versus a more restorative practice and being in tune with how that's affecting us, not only physically, but mentally and emotionally. You know, I could feel my nervous system being agitated in a heated vinyasa class when I was pregnant. Mm. And, um, and so then just knowing that that's, you know, that that wasn't beneficial for me. So it's looking at the whole body and how everything's related and then letting, you know, you're as, as the mom connecting with what feels best for you. For my two very good friends, the heated vinyasa practice was amazing and they loved it and they felt amazing and they had two healthy babies and, you know, and, and, and it was great for them, but it wasn't for me mm-hmm. and, and that's okay. And so it's tuning in with, um, with your body mentally, physically, and emotionally, that holistic point of view and, and realizing what, what makes me feel best? What gives me more energy? What helps me to feel more relaxed and more at ease and more calm? Mm. It's so important. So important as a mom. Now you spoke a little bit before that your first yoga class, um, was after you'd been a dancer and I, I know it was at a local gym, which is quite similar to how many people are introduced to the practice of yoga, including myself actually. And you talk about that experience as being quite profound, describing it as being a safe and loving space where you could be yourself and accept yourself exactly as you were. Can you share with us a little bit about what happened that day? Sure. So I remember the class so well. Um, it, it was the studio was actually sharing space with the gymnasium. Mm-hmm. So as we were practicing yoga, you could hear and feel the basketballs being bounced <laughs> off. <the floor. laughs> so it wasn't, you know, as calm and serene as you might imagine a dedicated studio space would be. Yeah. <laughs> but the tone of the teacher and the words that she used really drew me in. It was her energy and her words that helped me to have, you know, to experience that safe place. And, you know, I, I think especially coming from, you know, that was my first yoga class and I was coming from being a dancer, you know, since I was nine and then from being a dancer at doing, um, you know, kickboxing. And, and I was very much into the gym, you know, I would, I would work out with a trainer and I was really into, into exercising. So, you know, coming into yoga was my first experience of being okay with what, what is. Mm. And, um, you know, I, I remember, you know, it, it, I had this distinct memory of um, being in a ballet class and the ballet teacher telling us as he walked around the room that we needed to suck in our basketballs, meaning our stomachs. Wow. And versus being in that first yoga class when she was talking about just being okay with what is and accepting yourself and not pushing yourself too hard. You know, I mean, in ballet, you push yourself to stretch further so you can become more flexible and a better dancer. And then in this yoga class, there, she's telling me not to push myself too hard, to mm. find my limit and then just be okay with that space and then just relax into that space. And I was sold. Mm. <laughs> really, it just felt it just felt so comforting and it was just, you know, exactly what I needed. I think that's the power of yoga, isn't it? The first that we can do it anywhere. So even, even in a, in a gym with basketballs bouncing on the other side of the room, you can, that it still has that powerful effect. Like that's what the practice is. It's just so phenomenal. And that 
we start to learn how to honor our bodies because we seem to live in this society now where we are told to push and strive and that that's the way forward and that's the way to gain and and achieve and that you know yoga really teaches us and i think that's why it's so powerful when we link it in with being a mum is that it actually teaches us to stop honor ourselves accept ourselves exactly as we are this moment exactly as it is um and that brings out the absolute best in us and if we can be the best version of ourselves then you know that only benefits the people around us as well the tagline for pure nurture your business is creating a healthy new life which i absolutely love can you tell us a little bit about why you chose that yeah i I chose it for there's two reasons um you know the, the well there's a couple of things the first thing is that i i chose it because it's just simple and it's just clear and I just think it's beautiful Mm. and it's all encompassing meaning it has for me it has two meanings the first one is you know working with in pure nurture I'm working with women to create create a healthy new life for themselves and for themselves as a mother Mm -hmm. and also they're literally creating a new life a new baby so they're and with focusing on themselves to create a healthy new life as a new mom, they're also creating a healthy new life literally within themselves and creating a healthy foundation for that brand new baby. Mm, it's beautiful. And as part of your business, you've just written and released your first book, Pure Nurture, A Holistic Guide to a Healthy Baby. Now, you're a busy mum like all of us, so no doubt you've already got an overflowing to-do list. What was your inspiration behind wanting to write a book? So there's a couple things. The one is literally for, for the health of the, of the mother. I, I really love being pregnant. I didn't love every minute of it. You know, it was uncomfortable, it was difficult at times, but I found the entire experience just incredible. Mm. Yet I, I, I've met and I've worked with, uh, you know, many women that they don't enjoy their pregnancies, they don't feel good. And so the, my first inspiration in writing this book was to help women to feel good, to learn ways to feel good and to enjoy their pregnancies more. And then with that, helping them to create a healthier baby. So, you know, I'm thinking in the next generation and thinking about, you know, having the healthiest next generation possible. And that starts with the mother. It's, it's almost like when it, you can relate it exactly to a garden, you know, when you plant a seed to grow, um, to grow fruit or vegetable or plant, it's the soil. You want the soil to be as healthy as possible to give that plant a really great start. And so it's the same thing, you know, helping the mother to be healthy so that you're giving that baby a healthy start. And, you know, I've, I've read that there are, you know, these studies that show that what, you know, what happens while the, in gestation, that that, the health of the mother and what's happening for the baby can actually last for years and years, almost into adulthood. Mm. Uh, and so that's pretty powerful. And I, you know, that was another reason why I really wanted to write this book is to help mothers and then to help the babies as well. And then the last reason um, is a more personal one. Um, after my first pregnancy, I developed postpartum depression and I was diagnosed when my daughter was 10 months old. 
And I, you know, I didn't know at the time, but one in seven women experience postpartum depression. And I think it's, it's much more common than, than we talk, what we think or that we talk about. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted to empower and inspire women to take care of themselves during pregnancy. And I mentioned in the book so that then they can take these tools, whatever tools feel best for them that they can take out of the book and carry those tools into motherhood and practice self-care in motherhood to prevent postpartum depression. And I, I used a lot of those things that I talk about in the book for my second pregnancy because it was really important to me that I practice a lot of self-care so that that didn't happen again. Mm, I think the work that you're doing is so needed, um, so powerful. You're right, the, the studies are showing also that, like you've said, the impact and things that happen during pregnancy do have lasting effect um, on the mother post-birth and then obviously that carries on to the child. So I think the work you do is just phenomenal. We cannot get enough of that kind of stuff. Um, so thank you. As part of your book, you have a journal that accompanies it so that mums can keep a gratitude journal and take some time to reflect on their experiences. And Andy and I talk a, about this a lot, how important it is that we digest our experiences as a, as a mom, because things do happen so quickly, it can be really hard to digest and reflect um, and, you know, analyze and come to terms with things, let things go, process things. Having a journal um, is a very powerful practice and way of doing that. Can you talk a little bit about why you believe it's so important that as mums, we have these types of practices? Yeah, sure. So I feel so strongly about journaling that I created an entire section in my book about, about journaling. And I think different types of journaling is really helpful and really supportive. One is just, you know, a stream of thought, just letting anything come out from your head to your hand onto the paper just to release and, and just to, you know, let, let it all go and let it out. And another um, aspect of journal, journaling, I think, is one of the most profound. It's one that I talk about in my book, which is that of gratitude journaling. And the reason I love gratitude journaling, um, it, it goes back to, you know, it, it even goes back to postpartum depression and even even a little bit of postpartum the anxiety. You know, it's another thing. It's not only depression that some women suffer from, but also anxiety. And I know for myself as becoming a mom, I just have more anxiety in my life than just in general than I ever did before, you know, because now I have these two little people that I would do absolutely anything for. And I just, their well-being is so important to me. And so, you know, I worry about them and I want what's best for them. And so, I find that my thoughts can take me off into some dark places and some negative places and some scary places. And so when I practice gratitude journaling or even just thinking thoughts of gratitude in my mind, my mind grabs onto those things versus what could go wrong or what has gone wrong or, you know, all this scary negative things. Um, there's no space for that when my mind is focused on what I'm grateful for and what we do have and what is going well. And so I, I, I thought 
you know, with the journal, I thought, well, I talk about journaling in the book. How amazing would it be to just have a journal to go right along with the book? And um, I think even if you use this, just a blank journal so you can use it however you want. But I think one really powerful way is just to literally write down like bullet points or one, two, three, four, five, your five things that you're grateful for in that day. You know, doing it at night before you go to bed, you know, helping to come into a more positive space before falling asleep. And we don't have to talk about grandiose things, like grateful for, you know, these big major things in our life. It could be something so simple, like I'm grateful for a sunny day. Mm. And just anything, you know, as simple as, you know, sometimes I, I literally am like, I'm grateful for my soft pillows, mm. you know, and simple things like that, but just allowing your mind to focus on what is going well. Mm. What, you know, and um, sometimes if I find myself in an anxious place, I will just start listing in my head. I don't even need to write it down. I'll just list in my head a couple of things that I feel grateful for, and it helps to calm my nervous system. Mm. And it's a discipline, isn't it? Like health and, and anything, if we if we want the results, we need to practice regularly. And I think journaling and particularly a gratitude practice is such a simple one. Like you say, you don't even need to write it down. You can just reel them off in your head a few things that you're grateful for when you catch yourself in those moments of stress or anxiety. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to self-care because it is a biggie when it comes to mum life. But for many of us, we just aren't giving it the attention that it deserves. And I recall seeing an Instagram post recently where you wrote and said self-care is a non-negotiable. And I love that you also mentioned how important it is that we let our families know that we need some time out too. What's your advice for busy mums finding time for self? I think it's to schedule it literally scheduling it in your calendar just as you would a meeting or a doctor's appointment if it's in there and it's scheduled more more apt to do it and it's funny you know we're, we're talking about this now this week has been i need to take my own advice in this because of <laughs> the book and the and all of the meetings and everything that i have going on and with the girls i really my self-care has definitely taken a back seat the last week and I feel it, you know, I can definitely notice a difference. And, um, you know, I think one thing is to also realize that self-care can look different for different people. And it also can look different depending on what's going on with your life. And, um, self-care can be five minutes out of your day. It can literally be 10 deep breaths with your eyes closed just to relax your body a little bit or it can be a weekend away you know mm. I mean it can really be anything and I was talking to um, a friend of mine and she said what what is self-care anyway isn't that taking warm baths I don't like warm baths <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that she really made a good point you know like self-care does not have to be a warm bath or a massage like you know what we typically think of it could it could be going to the coffee shop and having a latte you know like just literally five minutes going and grabbing yourself a latte or a cup of tea you know whatever it is that you helps you to feel calmer feel more balanced you know i always i used to look always for this perfect balance in my life and I finally realized that's fleeting. Mm. You'll, you'll have moments of perfect balance when everything feels just right. And then the wave of life comes over again and it changes. And so I've come to realize that 
it's not about seeking that perfect balance all the time. It's about coming back to that balance as quickly as you can. So yes. for me right now, having this, you know, this last week of, of the book launch and the book launch party, you know, it was a big wave and there was so much going on and I'm finally like coming, I'm finally coming back into balance. It's taken me a little, little bit longer, but you know, I went to a yoga class yesterday and so it's, that is my self care. So, you know, it's looking for what self care for you, what, what fills you up because especially as a mom or a mom to be, the fuller you are, the better you feel, the better you'll be for those around you. I'm a more patient, loving, calm mom and wife when I have done some of my big self-care things. Even if it is literally stretching out on my yoga mat in my office for five minutes, you know, that's some that's that's something. And then I'm I'm I have more to give when I filled myself up. Yes. It's important to mention that we can fall off the wagon. Like it's, it's actually okay when mums, we're busy, it's okay to fall off the wagon. It's, it's making sure that we get back on. That's the main, mm-hmm. that's the main priority. And, and that's flow really. That's living in flow, isn't it? That's how the ebb and flow of life. Sometimes we're busy. We won't be able to practice as much self-care time. And then other times, you know, we will be able to do some of those bigger things, which is, which is great. If you had to describe what life after baby meant to you in a single word, what would that be? Constant. Ah, can you explain a bit about why you chose that? Yes, I, I just feel that it is life. It's just in having a baby, it's constant. I'm constantly thinking of my girls. I'm constantly moving or doing or, you know, it's even when I'm, even if I'm meditating, I feel that is, you know, I everything is in its in its scheduled spot because I only have so much time for everything now because now I, my time is not just mine anymore. It's now my family's time, my daughter's time, my husband's time, and so I just feel it as a, you know, I just feel it as constant. Even when it is slow, it's still constant. It's still movement, you know, um, not move, movement literally, but just in my mind, you know, I'm just always thinking and planning and, um, which is another reason why meditation and yoga is that's, those two things are my main self care, um, tools Mm -hmm. that I like a lot enough, a lot, because I do feel it is constant. Mm. Well, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a joy to talk to you about mum life and talk to you a bit more about your business, self-care, balance, all the the stuff that Andy and I and our tribe just soaks up. So we really appreciate you dialing in from DC at quite late at night. Um, thank you again. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Kate. Well, there you have it, mummers. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Life After Baby. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I loved creating it. We'll be releasing one podcast per month for the remainder of 2017 that you can access via iTunes, SoundCloud, and the Yoga Mummers website. Just head to yogamummers.com.au forward slash podcast to access this and future episodes as well as each guest's answers to how they incorporate yoga into mum life. I'm Kate and this has been Life After Baby.